Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to a Golden Shower Sunday stream. We are back after our YouTube strike. We had a one-week timeout for being very bad, little boys and girls, apparently. I am joined here, as always, with uh, my co-host, Hex, who's an angel Hello. right now. You look like an angel over with the light behind you. <laughs> At least we can see you this time. And then... Uh, I'm unlocked. What is that? I'm unlocked now. Yeah. <laughs> And our guest today is Brian Nichols. So thanks, Brian, for coming on. We've never, I don't think we've ever talked on a podcast before, but I know. No, we just Twitter chat. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're down with the craziness of Boris, mommy. You've never said anything bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever works, right? (laughs) We're all just trying to make our way in this world, right? So I don't know, Brian, do you want to just like give a little introduction of yourself for everybody? Sure. Thanks. Um, so I guess who am I? I? I like to think of myself kind of like the sales guy for the liberty movement. Um, my approach is we got to stop arguing about politics. So how do we effectively communicate our ideas? So I'm a sales guy by trade. I work in the greater cybersecurity telecommunications world and led sales teams, you know, helped, uh, you know, companies go from zero to a couple million dollars overnight. And my main goal is to say, how can we do this with the liberty movement. And uh, I think the main thing we can do is meet people where they're at on the issues they care about and uh, stop arguing and start talking to people like people. So what my show is entirely focused on is meeting people where they're at on those issues they care about. And what we do is have folks on the show who talk about not just specific issues and, and solutions they're bringing to the table, but also go through what I have found to help build sales teams and I use in my day job for successful sales and marketing techniques that we can use right here in the Liberty Movement. Uh, so yeah, doing that and then also helping local candidates. That's been my new venture, doing a new ebook, How to Win Your Local Election. So working a lot with local candidates from city council races to uh, mayor races in between. Been a lot of fun. That's exciting. We actually won a mayor race here in Colorado. I'm about that. I, I um, think I heard about that, but I didn't get too many details about it. Fill me so, in. His name's Aaron Lamb. He is Mises Caucus, but um, it was like, it's kind of, I don't know if you go over this, we can talk about what we go over in your book, but basically right now we're just focusing on these little townships because yep. sometimes you only need like 200 votes or whatever. Yep. And so that's basically, 
he just talked to a handful of people and he won. So now he's like gonna we're gonna try to make it a little like liberal. It's it's a little it's like thirty minutes outside of Denver. It's a little small community that's like the town's this, then it's like unincorporated around it, you know. Right. So yeah, he's he's kicking butt and having fun with it and like trying you know, right before he got on, the town manager had like given herself a raise because she knew she was gonna get quit. You know, just all this stuff that you find out about like small town city People stuff. Suck. It's hilarious. Oh um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from a small town originally myself, up in northern New York, and I moved to Philadelphia back in 2017. And um, going from like you know, like big fish, small po- uh, pond to like small fish in ginormous ocean was really a big change for me. But to see how even still, even though it was like the political machine, it was just, it was on scale different. That was the only real difference. The corruption, the the grossness, the backroom deals, it's all there. It's just in a bigger scale. Um, so when I moved from Philadelphia to Eastern Indiana here back at the beginning of last year, it was so refreshing to get out of that big environment, but now getting into an environment again where I feel we can make some real change. And that's the thing I, I really did not like about living in a blue city or just a big city in general, for that matter, you know, blue or red be darned. It's that like your vote is so much more watered down in those areas, especially when, you know, what's Philadelphia, like 90% Democrat or some nonsense like that. So who am I not only to try and make a change, but beyond the political means going through and trying to impact the culture. Like you want to talk about group think central. I mean, I'm, I'm driving down the Ben Franklin Boulevard in which for those of you who are out there in Philadelphia, that's what right before the art museum. Right. And I'm, I'm in my car and I look to my left and I see somebody sitting in their car with a mask on by themselves. I look outside my, my to my right. I see people walking outside wearing double masks. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Where is this? collective bullshit coming from it. I just didn't, I didn't want to be in a situation where not only was I not on board with like this just weird mass propaganda, but also that like people around me didn't actively hate me for not towing the line. So getting into an area where people share not just similar political ideas, but also similar like vision of goals and long-term values. I think that's important for us as we're moving forward is to like go towards those communities where we can not only make a real impact, but where people are already open to our message. Stop trying to fit the square peg to the round hole. You know, like we have to stop trying to make people who are not our target market, try to fit them into our target market because they're just never going to fit. They're never going to align. And we're wasting our time, energy and resources when we're going after them. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like how you touched on um, a little bit of the culture stuff too. There is like, there is, it's funny because I'm a real estate broker, but I'm not salesy at all. I do not, I'm not like that. Yep. <laughs> like I, I know all this stuff, but I'm just not that kind of person. Right. But like, if you talk to me about liberty and being freedom, obviously I can sell that like crazy. And I, I want to read your ebook for sure. Just to like, kind of get that little, like, cause obviously, you know, me just being a little wild, it's funny because people like kind of get it. Like, you know, like a lot, I, I can't believe I got to build a following. All I was doing was being a little crazy and just saying what I felt, you know what I mean? Like, well, and that's, People want authenticity, right? So this is actually my second ebook. My first ebook was how to sell liberty. It's called Sell Liberty, How to Sell Liberty to Friends and Family in Four Easy Steps. And in that ebook, we literally like outlined how do you go to someone in your immediate circle and just start a conversation without it being that weird, like, hey, you want to talk about politics? And like nobody wants to talk about politics. But when you can enter into the conversations that people are already having, it just feels natural, especially when you do it 
in that authentic way. So if you come in with an agenda, people are going to know. But if you come in just having a conversation and then that political thing comes up in a roundabout way, and, and this is the, the value of what we have in the liberty movement is that we're helping people see things for the first time. And once you see something, you can't unsee it, right? So I almost feel like we have a responsibility to go out of our way and, and to have these conversations with people, but not to force feed our issues and our, and our beliefs down their throat, but rather to help plant those seeds. And I know like a lot of folks are like, Brian, I'm tired of it. Like we need to, we, we can't keep planting seeds. Like we, we got to get going now. And I hear you, but if our goal is long, like long-term success, we have to build a true cultural liberty. And it starts with getting people to at least question their status quo, much like in sales, right? Our, our biggest competitor isn't our competition out there in the market. It's not ourself in the mirror. It's when we're talking to our, our, uh, our prospects, it's them making no decision. It's the indecision. It's the paralysis by the analysis. It's the fear of, of getting hurt, right? The fear, the uncertainty, the doubt that they layer in and making a switch, the same thing is true and we're talking to potential voters or people who are at least interested in switching up the way they've been approaching politics, approaching how we as a society function. Let's have conversations with those folks who are already open to that conversation and make it more authentic, make it more real because they're already ready to have that conversation as it is. I totally agree. Let me give a shout out to everyone in the chat real quick. We got Alice, Big Hands, Nina, Steak, Anna, Adubs. Um, my friend yeah, Nina, she's out here in Colorado. She just said she wants to start busting into city council school board meetings and shit. <laughs> that's what has to happen. So that's like, even so I like, I wasn't involved necessarily with the party before COVID and all that. I was definitely anti-government, but like, I started feeling like, okay, I got to try and do something. Will the political process work? I've said this many times, everyone, cause everyone's like, oh, you're just trying to be status too. And blah, blah, it's not. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I feel like I have to put energy towards it, right? Like I have this energy to push. I'm doing other strategies too. Everyone should be doing multiple fucking things. Right. But like, I'm going to put energy towards this. And it's just so interesting how like I went to a thing the other night and a lady already wants me to come speak at one of her things. And like, you know what? It's just like the way you can sell, like if you're just, you like you said, don't come in with an agenda. Like it's just it's really attractive to people. Although yeah. on my I would say on my Instagram over the last two years, I definitely got I definitely pushed a lot of people away, but planted the seeds in other people. And now I have people who are like, I watch your lives, like people who were friends from high school watching my live streams now and like, you know, like saying they want to help the help and do yep. this and that. And I'm like inviting them to all the liberty liberty kind of parties and stuff. And it's just it is like a culture thing for sure. Like, yeah. One of the coolest things I get is when I have friends of mine who they'll text me and they'll say, bro, I check this and they'll send a screenshot. And it's like one of their friends from their circle, completely like out of my world, sharing something from my show page. And mm -hmm. that right there is the cool thing I get to experience. And I'm sure we get to experience. Right. But something you also mentioned of the people that you push away I don't think it's necessarily you're pushing people away. I think what you're doing is you're helping find who your actual target market is and focusing on that. And that's a good thing. We we should not and we frankly cannot be a one size fits all approach for everybody. It's just not who we are. And frankly, once we go down that road, what what are we? We're just like mush. We we stand for nothing. If we if as soon as you stand for everything, you quite literally stand for nothing. It's from the Incredibles syndrome. The bad guy is like, when everybody's super, no one is. Same thing is true for us. We try to be super on every single issue for every single person. And the reality is, is that we just can't. 
So what I recommend and what I've found success with when I'm coaching candidates is let's go towards the people who are already in our, not necessarily in our target market right now, but they're in what we call a trigger event. They're open to change. They're considering things for the first time in a different way. And I'm going to say right now, who are those folks for us? I'm going to say it's a lot of folks who have been disaffected by the political process, especially over the past five, 10 years. Folks who are looking around and being like, we just let live through hell from the past three years. How did we get here? That's the person I want to talk to because they're already asking phenomenal questions versus the person who's like, nah, we know we need to vote blue no matter who, but maybe we agree on some social stuff, but like, okay, great. They're, they're going down a different rabbit hole. We can maybe have a conversation and build coalitions and focus on that issue, but they're not the person I'm spending my time, energy, and effort towards to try to get on my team. I will work with you, but I'm not trying to get you to be on my team, nor am I going to be on your team. Let's, let's like approach it in those kind of two different ways. And we're going to have a lot more success. Yeah. It's like that, that lady who came up to me, you could tell she's definitely been like GOP all her life. Just, just right. that kind of looking lady. And she like the first thing she says to me, she's like, we're done with, we're done with sides. We're done with left and right. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, and she's just like, that's like the group we really need to bring to like the Liberty movement, especially is I've met so many ladies who are like older ladies, like boomers who you'd always think they're GOP. And they like, they, some of them were helping out here at the GOP and they saw the corruption out here and stuff like that. So it's like, Oh, we right. have like, there's such a good energy right now. And there's so many people who are so disillusioned because people out here in Colorado are like, they don't understand how our governor won and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it could be absolutely corrupt or whatever, but like, everyone's like, how did he win? No one likes him. Things like this, you know? And so it's like, if we can just start bringing those people over and all I have to do, like it, it helps being just like a blonde, like basic bitch looking girl. Cause they're like, they love that shit. Right. So it's like, I'm sneaking in that way. And then they don't, I was like, if this, if they knew about my sparkler video, whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun like i'm like half the time i think like no one even cares even in the liberty community on twitter all the super people who are like really like like just super like telling everyone what to do like they still follow me <laughs> so like you know people kind of get some people are just different and crazy and that's mm-hmm. just that's how you get across to people yeah um, and and frankly and this is not trying to you know be combative towards LP of yesteryear, because frankly, I, I'm moving forward, but I think it is important for us to acknowledge where we have been. So we don't accidentally go backwards. And what we had was in the past, it was specifically a, uh, a little fish in little pond syndrome. I mentioned that earlier, you know, I, I had to experience that when I physically moved, when you're talking about the, the libertarian party, though, what happened was you have all these little fish in this, in this little pond, this political pond, and they would have these political positions that they would vote on, you know, internally, and it would make them feel special. So all of a sudden you had like a little bit bigger fish in that little pond still. And what threatened that system was when you had a couple big fish just jump into the pond and then start saying like, hey, we can dig a trench over to that river over there and really expand the size of our pond and actually join up with a lot more fish. And all of a sudden all those little fish were like, oh, fuck, like. Now we are going to get like completely overshadowed by these other fish as well. No. And they started to get defensive, right? They started to fight. And, and that's what we saw happen was instead of bringing people in, we started having like these purity tests and, and it, it turned into much more of like this weird kind of social club mentality. And what I'm hoping we are going to be going forward towards is truly a political party, right? And there's two different parts to a political party. The first part, obviously, is winning the elections. 
But the second part is being able to get a voter base activated. And that doesn't happen overnight, right? That's not just like you snap your fingers and your voters go out and vote. It's funny. I was actually just mentoring a candidate today and he was saying, he's like, dude, 50% of our, our voters last, uh, last election didn't show up. And I'm like, yeah, like, how do we, how do we deal with that? Right. And we started talking through different issues in that world. How do we activate voters? Same thing is true in our world. How do we get people mobilized and, and, keep them engaged, right? What issues can we talk about that people will carry through today through the the actual time to vote? And in between that, how do we keep them in, engaged with us? And that's the challenge I think a lot of candidates have to really start to, to grapple with is that if if you're going to be going through the old ways of doing things, right? Like the relying on the corporate media to give you some attention. And this is for a lot of local candidates because that's kind of the mentality. Like, oh, we have to go through the local newspaper. We have to go through the local TV station. No, you don't. Your social media, your YouTube, your, you go through the tools at your disposal and you can have so much more of an impact. What we're doing right now is reaching more uh, folks than a lot of people, like local news stations do. So just to think of the impact that we can have, I mean, Dave Smith's talking to hundreds of thousands of people a month on his show, on his podcast. That's filling up like stadiums. Think about the impact of a stadium's worth of people and having one person standing there and everybody listening and, and like actually paying attention to what's being said. And then to be able to take that group of people and then get them to go out and mobilize and make change. That's where we're going to have a lot of success from the cultural side is getting the, the folks that are listening, that are paying attention to actually get involved, get engaged. And that's where we come in, right? That's where what we're doing and trying to get folks tied to the issues and show them the solutions and the pathways and then get those those folks in positions where they can start feeling like they're making a difference. That's when we, we start to like, it's like the hands-on approach. I mean, I'm sure you do this, right, Forrest? When you're go going and showing houses, like bring the people into the home, like, oh man, isn't this a nice table? Like you love the island, right? It's made of made of like you know, marble or whatever. Like get them to feel it and, and own the, the house. Same thing is true with us. When we get them involved and get them passionate about the stuff that we're accomplishing, they're going to stick around. They're going to become our biggest cheerleaders. Just like when you're trying to make the sale, a person's going to be like, honey, buy the house. I love that, that island. Come on. Same thing is true for us. That's true. And then waking people up to local elections again, because everyone's been sleeping on it. And then everyone's yep. like, holy shit, what happened? I mean, it happened here in Colorado, like just got taken over. I, I want to go back real quick when you're talking about the old yep. party. It, this shit's still happening here, even in Colorado. So like, yep. you know, it, everyone's who comes now, oh, they're an evil Republican. Like, why are we even talking about this? We have actual fucking enemies right now. Yep. And we have people out here going to our public radio station to talk about infighting stuff in the libertarian party and i'm like you had this you went to talk to the public radio and you talk about that when we have all this shit going on and the, as a salesperson if someone says something like this to you well i make six figures what do you you hate anyone who says i that. hate you yeah, I, yeah. I, you're, i'm not no gonna one, listen to you yep. that, those are the people who are saying they should take them you know it's always the messaging fight right the people who want the messaging well i make six figures doing messaging so i should make and I, i'm like you failed. You literally just failed at messaging. <laughs> like it's just, people are so dumb out here. Just we're getting there though. So yeah. this book can't sell, won't sell. Um, Steve Harrison uh, wrote this book. I had it on my show recently, and the book is a gold mine because it talks about the politicization and polarization of the marketing industry, and and he takes the approach of we can't keep going into the culture war approach of marketing because it's not 
speaking to our our customers and what you just said about you know oh well i make a hundred thousand dollars a year doing messaging for a marketing agency it's like well yeah you're being you're being propped up by a left-leaning organization that's it, they're they're talking to their 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 shareholders or no I'm sorry their stakeholders is it stakeholders yeah stakeholders instead of their shareholders they they care about the people that they that they're speaking to and and that mentality carries through a lot of folks here in our movement because un- unfortunately <laughs> I was like do I say this yes I do unfortunately a lot of folks in the liberty movement leadership of yesteryear were much more in in favor and and you know more buddy buddy with the political left and that's just the reality so you saw a lot of that translate in the way that we approach things and if we had folks in communications roles who are like oh i make six figures because i know x y and z and i'm being paid by this you know fancy company i'm going to call bullshit because you don't have to do anything that actually makes your customers want to buy your product. You're you're out there doing some you know bullshit story that's like you know there was there was two you know lesbian moms that had you know a, a transvestite child and like that's the story they're going to tell in their marketing story versus trying to show how their product or their service is going to help solve their customers' problems. Like that's what marketing used to be, and that's what works for customers. Like customers want to know how your product can help them. Like, what's your service? What's it going to do for me? Everybody's tuning into that same radio station, W-I-I-F-M. What is in it for me? And if we don't acknowledge that, then people are just going to ignore us. We're going to be white noise. And the same thing conveys with our messaging. So I know I went on a rant there, but I digress. No, I love it. I love the rants because it, it is. Like, like you're saying, the left stuff with the party. Like, everyone got so terrified being called a Republican or like people are literally more scared about being, I'm like, who gives a shit? Are you that easily peer pressured that you care about what people they say? Are. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? I've been called. The only thing I will take issue with is if you call me ugly, then I'll punch you in your face. <laughs> but like, you can call me like, I've been called alt right, all this shit. And I'm like, I'm not like, who cares if people call us that, if it's not true, you're right. more worried about the left we're calling you a Republican, same thing out here. Oh, these are just new Republicans. Well, and I'm like, no, we're like, it's just so stupid how they're so stuck. It's just, it's sad to me because we're supposed to be about individuality. And these people are like proving that they can't be individuals. Like they just can't They have mm-hmm. no ability to. Yep. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. Oh, there's my rant. And, it's, and, like, <laughs> and talk about like, you know, we can't have like a big market. Like what's more niche than a fuck the fucking individual. Right. You know, like that's, it's like that's what's got to be focused on yep well and that's frankly why local like to your point right like the local approach to making change is so much more effective even though it's not as sexy right and this is the same thing for fitness as it is to to winning elections like i used to weigh 385 pounds like i was fat as fuck and i was miserable aren't you pretty tall too yeah i'm six five but like I was, I mean, I was like morbidly obese though. I mean, I like rolls on rolls. I had man boobs. My nickname in high school was Brian Nipples. Like it was awful. <laughs> and I decided when I was a junior, um, mainly because I was told by my doctor that like, listen, you're like, you're on your way to your deathbed. If you don't change, like you have to change the way you do things. And I was like, all right, well, I guess like, I got to do something. And of course, like the first thing, like, how do I lose 180 pounds in two days? And like, you, you look up every possible shortcut and trick in the book and of course like everything comes down to the reality of like stop putting as much food in your mouth fatty and get out and move more like 
and I had to do that. Right. So I would literally go out and I would like what my parents had an old abandoned farm and stuff that they had had years ago. And we still had the old barns that were empty. So here I am, I go out middle of February and I'm like embarrassed to go to the gym. So I go to these barns, walk up and down the middle of the, uh, the, the barn back and forth, up and down the barn to just try to get some activity. And I would like have to like, you know, I go to a friend's birthday party. like, Brian, you want some cake? And I'm like, sure. And I took the cake and I'd be like, come here, dog. And I get the dog some cake, but like, didn't want people to know I was dieting and stuff. And then Fast forward two years and I dropped 180 pounds and I realized like, oh my God, it wasn't an overnight thing, but here I am two years later looking back to where I was and to see how much change when I was able to make those little changes in my life. The same thing is true. I know this is a weird connection, but when we look at local politics, right? We we see things in this weird co- context of like, the you know the federal government the 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 state politics like all that stuff is more important but when the reality is the little things that happen in our day to day that are most impacted by local government that we can actually impact that's where the real change is made so when we go to our our city council meetings and we we pay attention to where's the money being spent where's money being wasted right or you go to your school boards and you hear like what are your kids actually being taught in school and, and, you know, what, what's the conversations that they're being told to have in, in school? Not even like allowed to have, but they're being told and forced to have these conversations with, with teachers. So being involved there and then being able to vote for folks who are going to make a real substantive change, your vote there has so much more of an impact. But guess what? It requires us to, to take the step and actually get interested in the thing that's not sexy, the thing that's going to, take some extra work, right? Just like when I had to lose the weight, I couldn't do it overnight. I couldn't do the sexy pill that I saw online that would help me lose all my belly fat in you know, six months. No, it happens over two years. And the same things can be true for us when we get involved in our local politics. Once we start making some changes, right? We like one person. Suddenly that one libertarian starts to really show folks in, in city council that, hey, I'm not some weird, you know, crazy lunatic anarchist person. Maybe they are, but maybe they're out there making a real change and a difference. And people in the community see that and they really like it. All of a sudden, it's going to inspire us to have more folks to, to, to run because people are going to be looking for that. They're going to be demanding that. They're going to be craving it. So we start doing the changes now. We might not see it overnight, but we will see it a year, two years, four years down the road. And we, or, we already are seeing some of the change right now that we started when we were you know in 2020 and 2018. In 2016, those seeds that were planted are now starting to to really grow. But truly, when when we see what we're doing now, it's going to be like 2024 that we we see things really blow up. So I think it's on us now to really start uh, you know putting the pedal to the metal. Yes, and like like you said, like it's even the anarchists and stuff. I think everyone got so focused on the federal stuff and like yeah, it, it sucks to have to get involved. It does suck to have to get involved and do all this work. I was just arguing with someone on Twitter this morning who's a who won a house district out here in Colorado. Cause she started talking about, you know, see, we need to limit CEO pay, you know, CEO bad, corporation bad, but I'm a government employee and I'm amazing and good. And so we're just trying to fucking explain that shit to her. And it's like, how did this person fucking get it? How did this person win? Right. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, it's only for the, you know, the, if we limit government pay, then the like working man can't get it. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I helped on the working man campaigns around here. And then I looked up her, her, we call it tracer out here, her campaign. Yep. She got like almost seventy five thousand dollars. I'm like, no working man libertarian got anywhere, got even above like five thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean? And she's out here talking that she's for the working class and all that. And it's just like these are this is the stuff that has. And she's paid by a pack. She's saying she's not. I'm like, no, the super PACs got every all the leftists hired out here. Like, 
there's these huge super PACs that are funding them. They didn't even have to campaign. They just put YouTube videos out and TV, you know what I mean? Like it was just, they just are so confused. And so it's all this local stuff that people have forgotten because it's like, it's easy to not fucking think about it because you're like, well, we're not going to win this, the federal yep. thing. So why even worry about it? But it's yep. like, we need to start worrying about it. And people are waking up and people do want to get more involved. And there's a lot of, I know the like white suburban woman is kind of a, a bad person, but they are also waking up too. Like there are a lot who do PTO and have the time to do stuff. So it's, it's just that it's hard to get people waking up because everyone just like throws, you know, the baby away with the bathwater or whatever we want to call it. And now, a word from our sponsors. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, if it's ever going to be easy. Right. I think everybody wants it to be easy, but it's never going to be easy. So I just think, you know, it's it's slow. It's like the, the tortoise in the hair. Right. It's the slow, methodical approach towards the finish line. We will get there and it just it will take time. But also like during that time, just make sure that you're you're going out and doing good. Like just just show people the path forward, like be the change you want to see in your community. And, and again, it starts with you, right? Like make make the changes you want to see in your personal life. We, we can't go out and and I'm, I'm sorry, but there's so many folks in the liberty movement who try to promote them, you know, themselves in the movement and they themselves are hot messes. And it's like, yeah. guys, we got to we got to like, you know, you know, do some stuff in our own personal lives before we think we can go out and tell other people what to do to live their lives better. And people see that, right? Like you're not going to listen to fitness advice from, you know, a guy who's 450 pounds and eating Cheetos. Like that's just, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to pay attention to you because I don't believe you. I don't think you know what you're talking about. And maybe you're saying the right things, but still the credibility factor, I don't, just don't trust you. And and the same thing is true for us. We're talking about, you know, personal responsibility and, and, you know, uh, you know, we have to go out there and live that life. You look at people who are saying that and it's well, a lot of neck years living in mom's basement. It's like, come on guys. Yeah. And people know if people can tell if you're just talking the talk and now yeah. like, it's like there are so many people out there who are telling other people how to live and they're, they have the messiest lives ever. <laughs> and I'm yep. like, I mean, why and I understand that's a psychological thing too that humans do where they like, they can't control themselves. So, you know, they're trying to control other people and stuff. So it's like, it's obvious what you're doing. So yeah, the more people would just be like freedom and living it and not faking it. I don't know. We got to get Hex and yes. Hex. You're, well, Hex, you're not in Penn. He's close to Pennsylvania. But, I'm in Ohio. Yeah. But you're in Indiana now, so you're still a neighbor. Oh. Yeah. Right, right next door. <laughs> Pennsylvania won a bunch of local stuff the last time, didn't it? Or kind of. I think so. I think they yeah. did. So you do because even half these things, some of these. So once he won the mayor, I started looking at some of these other little towns up and down the Front Range of Colorado, and like, there's even little like election commission positions to get it. You know, just stuff that like you don't even have to get elected to. So it's but you have to live in these little tight, like little like I have one house that's right outside of this township. I'm like, ah, you know, like we got to find people to like get in them, but there's yep. only like one house for sale ever. And it's kind of hard, but I think we could do it. Hey, one of May. 
I'm trying just doing more events and stuff and more people like it's amazing the power of Twitter and like social media because there are people like contacting like I'll say I'm doing a event you know and there's people I don't know who they are and they're like I'm coming because I'm sick of this shit you know and it's right. not necessarily like libertarian but it's just like and it's amazing how people will show up and they'll start talking. They're like, holy crap, I can just start talking about this stuff with these people. I'm not like that. This is how browbeaten people have been. They're like, they'll show up to an event and just start talking about whatever. And they're like, I feel so free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's so important to get involved in your community too, right? Like it's one thing to be involved online. <laughs> we all are online and I get it. And like there, there is a role for that, but it cannot be understated, overstated regardless of how getting involved in your community and just getting to meet people locally is so invaluable when it comes to actually going forward and making like real substantive relationships that will help foster change because we we can't do this on an island we need people to to believe in us and to to buy what we are selling in order to move this forward so we do that by actually building relationships networking with people so if there are things that you're passionate about or organizations or cause groups that are out there that you can get involved with, do it. Even if they don't necessarily align with your values, be the change. Go there. Start talking about things differently. Get people to start asking questions and then start building relationships with folks folks, because it's going to require us to have lots of people in our communities to be on board with this. And it, I mean, it's going to be a different way of thinking, right? A different way of doing things. And the status quo is the easiest thing always to revert back to. So we have a lot of a lot of work, frankly, that it's ahead of us. And it's never going to be over. That's the other thing I want to make sure people uh, never forget is that when you feel like, oh, we've won some elections. Yep. And you're going to have to keep holding those elections now and, and keeping those seats. And also, how do you grow the the, the, the groups of folks that you're, you're electing? So the, the battle is never over. As a matter of fact, it will keep going. It's going to get harder, too, because as we start winning, we're going to become targets to the, the GOP and the Democratic Party even more than we are now. So just be prepared for that. So there's a lot that's going to be going into this. But if we uh, we stay together as a team, which I know, you know, it's libertarians. Good God. Good luck. So we'll see. So that's it's very important about what you're talking, getting about. So like when I became a broker, I was like, I'm not going to cold call people. And like, so it's like, what are the other things you can do? Right. And it's like volunteering. And so I'm yep. kind of like the cliche wife with, you know, with the broker's license who volunteers a lot, which I love. Like that was the life I wanted. And it's, yeah. it's great now. And I'm giving back. I'm, be I'm so much better for the world when I don't have to work fucking 60 hours a week. I'm just going to say it. Like I'm a much better asset. So I was volunteering a lot and everyone's heard this story too, but like right at COVID this, or like it was, by when the vaccines had rolled out this organization that I had been, I had volunteered with for like six years at that point, I was on the board of directors. Now I donate money, time, everything. Right. Well, they discriminated against me and I wasn't allowed to the first, Oh, nice Paul. Thank you. I wasn't allowed to the first um, in-person meeting because I wasn't vaccinated and I'm the youngest one, you know, it's all old people. Which I, right. And that's another thing. That's the point I got to come back to remind me to come back to that point. But but now it's funny because now I'm getting more involved in that community in the political way and like business owners who had helped that organization, you know, and now they're like helping me do events and stuff. And I had some people I met through that that know what happened. And they're now they're like they like to come to the Liberty Liberty stuff. And that's OK. That's why I wanted to go back about old stuff. Mm. I know volunteering is hard. No one's got time. No one's got money. But like people need to get the fuck involved because everybody's in a lot of organizations are old. Not the Libertarian Party of Colorado, which is hilarious because I'm like. The other organizations, we had to try so hard to get anyone young involved to do like next gen stuff. But like the LP Colorado, <laughs> everyone's like, 
is already next gen, but everything else. So the more people who can get involved in any of these kind of organizations. And like you said, start you just start talking about things differently. Like my thing was the land trust, which is it's conservation easements, which is statist and it's government, right? But private landowners choose to put it on. And if they sell the land, someone can choose to buy it or not, whatever. So it is what it is. But I remember I started talking about it in a more anarchist kind of way. And like they just they didn't get it. Right. Because they're all like, no, because I'm like, in the end of the day, a conservation easement, technically a cop with a gun can show up and kill someone if it like gets to that point, if someone's like doing something wrong. Right. So it's like I started saying that kind of stuff. But then they they were too far gone. And is there about the ESG? They were like, maybe it's in like freaking whitey whiteville colorado out in the country actually it's getting more diverse out there and stuff but they're like we need to make sure our board is diverse and blah blah and i'm like do you understand forcing diversity is like racism the worst thing. yeah <laughs> like they're just so bought into that already so i was like it was kind of a blessing to get off of it and now it's all coming around and i got to tell this one business owner i was like yeah man they discriminate against me he was like i knew they were up to crap like it's just fun to like Get involved. So anyone get involved if you can. That's the only yeah. way. I remember getting involved with that. I started seeing, oh, like, and I could tell they are kind of grooming me a little bit too to like get me on the board and all that. And it's like you really start getting involved. You start meeting people and like you don't have to be the whole like, oh, I rub elbows with everybody and I know this guy, this guy. Like it's actually right. just nice to know those people and know who yes. they are and know be able to say things to them, you know? And that's very important in my just the like yeah. anything local. Like go help people too. Like just don't don't Service. be there when you're asking for things, right? Like go out and and help, like and don't expect anything in return. Just b- bring value to to your community or to the organization, and it will come back you know, in so many unexpected positive ways. Just do good. Yeah, simple as. You gonna sign up, Pex? You gonna be in the Libertarian Party now? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We just talk good things. That's like every topic, every time we come on, it's libertarian stuff. But everybody's on, it's everyone's little L libertarian anyway. So my opinion, uh, did you want to talk more about your book at all? It's coming out or? Sure. It is out. Um, it's how to win your local election. So I, I wrote this book basically as I was doing a lot more of just meeting with, with Liberty organizations across the board, you know, whether they're nonprofits, whether they're, you know, LP organizations across the country, and the thing I was just hearing consistently was like, hey, you know, we're, we we know we can win on the ideas. It's just our local candidates are having trouble actually going out and reaching people directly. How do we like, how, how can we help them? And one thing I, I started to think about was like, well, you know, I've worked on campaigns in the past. I've seen what works. I've worked in the sales and in you know marketing industry. So like I should be able to build something you know, of, of sorts to help. And I started to, to walk through like, you know, one thing I wanted to do was build the the ebook, but also I wanted to build some structure afterwards. So this is kind of two parts. First is the ebook, um, 17 pages or so. And literally from, you know, everything from building your campaign, you know, why are you running for office to fundraising, voter outreach, building your message, all that in between, all the way up until actually winning the election. So that's the ebook. And then we have to help bring all that into action, we have our candidate school. So over on my Patreon, $9.95 a month, I'm working one-on-one with city council, mayor races, school board, you name the local election, we have folks on there. And what we're doing is we're going through their campaigns, you're talking about their messaging, talking about what's working, what's not working. We're having candidates on the show who, or not the show, but on the uh, the Patreon who 
They've won their elections. Talk about what did they do that was successful. We're having folks who've lost elections, learning from those campaigns. What did they do wrong and where could they have done things better? So being able to have a, a true structured environment there and couple that with the uh, the ebook, we're going to help some folks win some elections. And, and I think that right there, you know, the biggest barrier to entry for local candidates when you're trying to get help is the, the cost. Usually consultants are like tens of thousands of dollars for their services. And I'm like, we just can't do that. It's it's not realistic for local candidates. So I want to make sure we start off with a, uh, you know, a, a more cost-effective option for folks out there, especially in the liberty movement, to uh, just learn some of the basics. So uh, yeah, that's that's more or less what we we have here. And you can find the ebook. Um, it's a special link, com forward slash win local. Uh, but if you guys want, I can give you guys a special uh, link as well. You can do a forward slash golden showers and I'll bring you right to the ebook as well. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's exciting. No, I'm excited to look through it because that's just, that's the fire bit that's been lit under my butt. I'm definitely really good at recruiting right now. <laughs> so, like, that's like my thing. I'm like, I will be the face and help people get in. Like, it was so fun the other day to like, I'm not a good public speaker. I can do this, but I literally would rather stand naked in front of people than speak to them. Like, <laughs> I hate speaking. But I'm like, I know I need to start doing it more. And then we went to, we had this celebration thing out here. So I had to go out and kind of sell the LP a little bit and like, but, and it worked. I got like one lady to get in, you know, invite us to stuff. So it's just, is it, it's trial and error. It's fun. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Just trying to inspire people and motivate yeah. people. Yeah. Well, it, and it starts with us just doing what we're doing, right? Like I know, one of the things I hear a lot, and I talk to a lot of business owners and and entrepreneurs and stuff, and the thing I consistently hear is the fear of coming out politically, if that makes sense. Like they're afraid that that's going to alienate business. And to the contrary, I think, and I've I've seen this where people are more embracing their authentic self and they speak their values, they end up actually getting more people on board because there's more people out there, I think, who aren't speaking that truth or their beliefs for the fear of the ostracization, right? So just seeing someone be willing to speak what they believe and put their reputation and business behind it, it it builds that relationship just instantly because they're like, oh, this person actually says what I believe and they're willing to say it. And I think that leads to a lot more success for the, the businesses. So that's my two cents. I've seen that at least, but. Mm. No, it's true. And that's quality. It's like the quality of your customers and everything goes up and the yep. people they bring like the, this brewery, like they right away during the COVID stuff, you know, they started to do this bureaucracy out here. Well, if you have us come, if you pay for us to come inspect, uh, expect your business, we'll let you have more, uh, people in there, you know, if you follow, it was just like a total, okay. it, was, it was so bullshit and you had to collect names and, you know, it was this whole thing. And there was a couple companies that stood up against it. And guess what? I will always give them my business. I will always yep. be there. Like it really does say like, even if people are, it's just the dumbest thing that people can't see what the government does, the businesses. And then like how I went to a business before, right before our second shutdown out here, a restaurant. And this lady was like, well, we don't know what the gov what the governor's gonna tell us to do next. Like, and she wasn't like the way she said it was like, "Oh, I'll hail the governor." You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it was just like it should be. I don't understand how people weren't like, Fuck, you know. And again, like not to go back to the old LP, but like we had such an opportunity during oh. all this with religious people and businesses. We could have just 
fucking nailed it. Like, I'm not even religious. And seeing my parents, like, well, their church was pretty okay. But some of, like, people lost their community through their church community. These are, like, that's, like, they're only people they see. Like, it was so vile. And the GOP didn't say shit about it. And then, of course, the LP National didn't, like, do anything about it either. And it was just, like, we had such a big opportunity right there. But That pissed you off, Hex, too? I'm sorry, what? You, you said that that made you mad too that they dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, the LP 2020 election they dropped the ball and the that like the COVID shit should have been like the main thing they attacked, but yeah. they didn't. I was so mad like that. That was like that was the number one thing for me in 2020 of why I said there had to be a change because it it I just I, I we we couldn't keep doing this literally and figuratively like the LP had to stop. Yeah, like what are we doing? It was like an easy like free throw. Exactly. Come on. Like, hey, here's a world a world changing incident that literally gives you a chance to stand up quite literally on all of your values at once on a global stage. And they just silence. And they're like, maybe you should wear a mask in distance. Like that was literally the post they were making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you should get vaccinated, and maybe we should have uh vaccine passports to help promote human liberty. I'm like, what, Cato? What? No. Another thing that got on my nerves was in 2021, an article came out saying the Biden Biden administration was looking into VAX passports. And then mm-hmm. you know, A. Smith, he was like the main one, like saying, hey, LP, fight this. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That. And, then, and then like the statement they came out with, they, it was like, we had a vote and we voted to say some dumb shit. And it was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, the, things have got to change in the LP because that's just... Because everybody loves reading some fucking mealy mouth like press release that was like contrived with 17 people sitting around a table like, how do we make this so it doesn't make people offended? Like, no, be definitive, be bold, say what you fucking believe. And like people will say, yes, like I agree. Not like I need a lawyer to fucking decipher what this message is supposed to mean. That, right. No, your average person, not only do they not have the time and the emotional energy to like have to spend to decipher this bullshit, they, they like, they don't, sh- they shouldn't have to, right? Like we, if we make them do that, fuck us. Like we are doing a terrible job at, at our, our messaging efforts. If we're making people like have to bend over backwards to try to understand what we're saying. Yep. Yeah. And that was, again, once it got politicized, they were afraid to be lumped in with the right to be yep. against the, the stuff. And it's Terrified. Like, that's not, like, how can you say you're a libertarian, like, or into any of that? When, like, that literally, yeah. Oh, it may just say about the ostracization. That's why I need to, like, I'm trying to figure out how we can, this is, like, anti-sales a little bit, but, like, to weaponize, weaponize ostracization because that's why all these stupid moms and shit are doing all this weird shit it's because they're afraid to be ostracized right so mm. it's like i want to figure out how to ostracize and be like oh you like the government you know like we gotta figure out for this too because it's such a powerful tool look what happened in 2020 just because of facebook people literally told people on facebook Go make fun of people for watching YouTube videos and finding information and researching go make fun of people for researching like yep what the hell happened? <laughs> so I was on Timcast back in March of last year. And one of the things that we talked about was the importance of setting narratives instead of reframing narratives. And the argument I like, no, it's not even an argument. It's really just the truth is that when you're explaining, you're losing, right? So we have for too often as libertarians tried to enter into the political conversation by explaining what we mean. Like, 
well, here's the libertarian perspective on this. And we come in, you know, all logical and factual, but it, that doesn't matter to your average person, right? Like if, if we're having to explain or we're, we're being like, we're, we're on the defensive, then we're instantly in a losing position. You have to be bold in your, your beliefs, but also like start setting the narratives. Your question that you raised is like, how do you, how do you ostracize without ostracizing? Right. And I think you kind of, you started touching on it is that you, you reframe how you approach the conversation. If you approach people who are doing silly things as doing silly things and they're silly people, then it's it's like you're not taking them seriously and you're like, well, I'm not going to take them seriously. Why should you? Like they're not being serious people. And it it almost is like the emperor has no clothes, right? Like once everybody, like once one person starts to notice and laugh, then everybody else is like, oh yeah, and everybody's also join in. And that's the same thing here is that we just have to like start reframing the way we approach some of these conversations. So instead of being like, well, you know, a vaccine passport might be uh, permissible in this certain circumstance. Be like, no, vaccine passports are un like unhu or inhuman and like completely out of the conversation right now. And if you even promote that, I'm going to assume that you you're like you know one step to the left of Hitler, right? Like like start there, right? Make them have to start being like, whoa, I'm not Hitler. Right, I'm not the bad guy. Make them start playing defense, and that's when it's it's like you're you're getting them to to now have to like other people be like, yeah, what about that? And they're like, no, it's not me. And and to like what was effective against the libertarians for the most most of the time is that now all of a sudden people are like oh, explaining and they're actuallying everything instead of actually leading by you know conviction, leading by what they actually believe. Yep, that's true. Don't pull punches. Moral of the story. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as you start to pull punches, people sense the blood in the water and they strike. That is. I was going to say something about that, but I just forgot. Sorry. No, it's fine. I was right about what you were saying and then it just totally left my mind. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, whatever. I'm just, just trying to get more people in because we need so many volunteers and we need so much help. And it's like, we need people to run. We need all this. Oh, yeah. What was about that? Mm, I hate that. I'm not I even high school. I consider it, but I got bills to pay. So. <laughs> <No. laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Do you have any questions? Everyone should hit those super chats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone hit the super chats. So don't feel it. I'm like, this is my, I'm a terrible salesperson. Like, don't feel Don't feel pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's funny about because real estate's funny like that, right? Like you're not selling the house; you're selling you. You want people yep. to use you to do the sale, right? Yep. Like, and it's just I've always been like, fucking take me or leave me. I mean, that's just the deal. But you kind of have to be a little more. But luckily, it's all good and stuff. But it just always makes me laugh because I'm like, people are so bushy, you know, and people respond to that. People respond to being bushy, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and so many people are just afraid of making a decision, right? <laughs> they, they almost need to like be told what to do. And that sounds weird to say, but like there are so many people out there who just, they don't, they don't know what to do. They are looking for guidance. And sometimes we just need to be the one to be a little push. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And it's really after the last couple of years, regardless, like even if people were bought into it at one point, like there are so many people who are just like, okay, something's not right about this. Like, and it, it's just, got to get in on that and kind of open it up uh, yeah well and it starts with us just having the conversation right like if we're we're not willing to engage 
and we kind of just stick into our own bubble and we expect them to join us just by the nature that like <laughs> where our ideas are perfect. We, we're going to good idea them to death. Like that doesn't work. We, we have to meet them where they're at on the issues they care about, not what we care about, what they care about. So you're, so you're in Indiana, you said now, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you ever talk to Justin Campbell? Negative. No, I, I, I know I'm familiar with Justin. I haven't spoken to him since being here though. Yeah. Cause I know he's, he kind of got involved and he's gotten burned out with libertarian and everything. So it's, but he would be a great like local person to run, you know, he's like a great person for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, oh, there, there's so many great people that should run, uh, frankly, like, and that's the thing too, if you are in your community and you are not, not even a noted person, but like you, you're willing to put in the work then run like who's who else it's going to be you or what GOP status guy, Democrat status guy. Like if you want to see things change in your community and nobody else is taking a step, sometimes you got to be the first one to step forward. Who the heck? Got to take the initiative yourself sometimes. You really do. That's the thing. Like I've seen people like this, this really hot girl on Twitter lately. She's been like, notice me LP, notice me LP, like crown me queen. I'm like, bitch, you got to go sign up and volunteer like everybody else. Like, here's the links, you know, stop complaining that you have to take the initiative. You have to fucking do something. It took me a while to do something just because I was like going crazy. And then I started meeting all the people out here and I'm like, holy shit, everyone's so cool out here. And then you fucking sign up and you start work. You have to do work. You have to like, it's volunteer work. I feel bad for the people on the actual board out here. Like it is a full-time job on top of like what they're doing. You know what I mean? And they're working their asses off and they're passionate. I just saw one MA say about, yeah, you definitely need passion. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing too, (sighs) we're we're kind of like a startup, right? We're, We're all little entrepreneurs in the Liberty movement because like we're competing against like ginormous corporations, if you will, the GOP and, and Democratic Party for making the comparison to a, the business world. And in that vein, like to your point, you got to do the 60, 70, 80 hour weeks sometimes because shit's got to get done. And yeah. and who else is going to do it? Like it requires people with the the drive, but also the resources, right? You have to bridge those two worlds together, but also the know-how. And and. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do it like, for my show. Like I'm trying to do the basics of just teaching people how to sell this stuff. And I, I mean, am I making an ocean of money doing that for the show? Absolutely not. I've been doing this now for five years and you know, it, it pays for itself, but like, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because this is how we make a difference. And there are so many other people out there in the movement who like blood, sweat, tears. This is why we do this because you, otherwise who else is like wh- who else is going to take the initiative to make things different. And right now we're on a pathway to hell. Like, no, we got to make a change. Otherwise, I don't know. Is there going to be a future for our kids, our grandkids, our great grandkids? And like, that's not that far away. My great grandma passed away in 2003, somewhere in there. And that was just like a short little bit ago. But I remember her and she remember like, and and like she and I had a a good relationship. I was like, by 10, 11 when she passed away. So like, think about that. Like you could have a kid that you've known 10, 11 years when you're a great grandparent one day and just think about what country are we going to leave behind? What world are we leaving behind? And do you want to be, this is morbid, right? But do you want to be on that deathbed being like, did I do everything I could have done to help put the future for them in a better spot? That's true. Right. 
And they are so organized. Like if you like, you say, who else is going to do it? Because yeah, you go go to the legislature, the anti-gun people, all these people, they are so organized. They yes. are so organized, Absolutely. and they have people showing up, speaking. You know, we're doing better now. We're going to make sure when our fucking anti-gun bills are getting vote. You know, we're showing up too. But it's like Good. you sh- you show up, and they like it's like they're so organized. Like it's just crazy. It, it, the LP, we just really need to like do that as well like use mm-hmm. their own fucking shit against them amen can't agree more all right well that's about an hour if there's anything else anyone wants to add no um if you like my shirt i got here it's my magic money tree shirt you can grab that over at my shop i got lots of shirts over there we got um magic money tree what happened in 1971 we have our uh oh now that's what i call tyranny it's a uh, klaus schwab but it's in the spirit of like the now that's what i call music um right. <laughs> in the background uh, we have, what else? We have our, oh, Michael Scott, 2024. That's a good one. Um, and then we have like just other random stuff too. We have yard signs. We have uh, bumper stickers, uh, backpacks, all that and stuff. So, and if you use code TBNS at checkout, you get 10% off. There you go, TBNS. All right. Well, Hex, our, all our links are in the description. Everyone knows our stuff. Yeah, everyone go subscribe on Rumble so I can do live on Rumble. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pay for it right now. So. Yeah, we're like two strikes in. Come on, y'all. Yeah, so YouTube, I'm on my second strike, so it won't be long. Go Shut sub. Up. Go I'm sub for us, Mommy. <laughs> YouTube and on... Well, no, not on YouTube, on Rumble. Um, you can sub me, though, because I'm not at strikes yet. So go get me on YouTube <laughs> and yeah. on Rumble. They just love me, man. They just love me. I know. You have all the best, best friends there in tech. <laughs> They know. And I don't even like, I'm so innocent and sweet. Just, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. This was a great show. Thanks, Brian. And yeah. I think that's good. Take us out, Dollar Store Jamie. <laughs> thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.